welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. I think people want to work for an organization that, that is profitable and, and provides for the employees and the, the families of the employees that work at that organization, but also are, are doing some really special things. I try and have answers to questions that people might have. I believe that maybe one of my biggest roles in the company is to provide the owners, the other owners of this company, information about their company. And conscious capitalism, I guess, is, is one way to, to put it, that we make money, we're a business, and it's very important that we make profits, but it's why you do it that is the most important. I think that's probably one of the, the biggest messages that I've received from mentors over the years. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it just, it evolves. You see it and you, you live it out. Oftentimes we spend our time here on earth focused on making money or buying the next car or a house or whatever it is and when really the true satisfaction is, is in affecting others in a positive way. Interviewing Keith Ward today was such an honor. He's been in my life for so long. Um, he's been my dad's boss ever since before I was born so it was really cool to see how my early childhood um, is now a part of my adulthood. So personally, this was an awesome interview for me. Uh, we used to play. I would be a pickup player on their company softball team. Um, I know my dad did a lot of uh, woodworking on um, Keith's deck, doing building a retaining wall. And I'd, I would hang out during that time. We had these summer company picnics where we would go to the lake, do some swimming, play some horseshoes. Um, so it's really great to be able to sit down with Keith um, in my adulthood and get to kind of understand this man at a much deeper level, talking about his purpose. I think Keith has extraordinary qualities of being calm and humble and very purposeful in the way he gives for his community. What I would consider an example of a great leader, and we talk about that in the interview, um, what a level five leader is, but he clearly embodies that. Um, I think what he's doing for his community in Topeka, with his family, um, and with the company being employee-owned, um, is really awesome to get to hear his unique perspective and how his company um, that he's the president of has become such an extension of his purpose. Uh, I think that he has some unique elements for someone in their 50s, um, being someone who takes such good care of his health and meditates every day and really relies on mindsets and habits that um, are really grounding and centering. He's someone I aspire to be like. I think a lot of how I have developed has been to become more and more like him. And it's really great to see that someone way further along in their path of purpose um, is living in a way that I'm kind of arcing towards. So yeah, I hope you really enjoy this interview with this powerful person of purpose today, the president of Bartlett and West Engineers in Topeka, Kansas, Keith Warda.
Hello, Keith. How are you doing? Hi, Tanner. I'm fine. Great to see you here. Very happy to be back in Bartlett and West offices. <laughs> Been my uh, entire childhood here. Yeah. So you're the president of the company. Such an honor to sit down with you. So you got your K-State on. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I have layers of purple on, so I always, always have K-State uh, near and dear to my heart. So yeah, it's good to have you here. It's good to have you in our office. It's... Uh, you know, there's been memories of you with, uh, with, uh, I don't know, softball teams and, and, uh, swimming parties and different things like that. So it's good to see you in kind of a different, different way today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today we'll have a fun time, but it'll be more of maybe intellectual kind of fun than softball. <laughs> I hope so. So I want to first talk about like, my podcast is called People of Purpose. So it's about how people are living intentionally and affecting their community in a very positive way. I think you really embody that. My dad, actually, who's sitting in with us, um, he recommended you to do this because you are someone that really embodies what I have considered learned about as who is, would be a person of purpose. And I wanted to ask you about Bartlett West's company purpose and how it's to lead communities to a better tomorrow. So can you remember when you truly understood the importance of um, communities in the fulfillment of your purpose? Wow. Um, you know, I think it's been an evolution. Uh, I I don't think there was just uh, one time where I can remember that that things um, um, uh, occurred to me. It's it's evolved over my life. You know, you you grow up with parents and with grandparents and with relatives that um, that that give back, that have a purpose themselves, and you see it. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout your life. And so, uh, you know, certainly there's, there's been a big part of that. But when I came to Bartlett and West, there were a few mentors that I had at Bartlett and West that really embodied um, uh, having a purpose and giving back. And so you learn, you learn. And uh, I think over the years, uh, I, I keep learning. I, I learn from my kids. I learn from my wife. Uh, um but but I think I think once I got to Bartlett and West, it was it was kind of like, yeah yeah I I understand that this is this is where I want to be. This is the the philosophy that I have, and then you you build on that. Yeah. So I don't know that there was any one, you know, particular moment in in time. Right. It's been it's been quite an evolution. I think it's really cool how the company you work for and the service you do every day for your quote-unquote job has become like an extension of your purpose. I think right. that's something a lot of people are looking to find, and you right. have found that. Yeah. When you're driving on the Topeka roads and you're looking at all the projects and developments that you've been a part of, how do you think that you're seeing that differently than just a, a Topekan in the community and also just um, the engineers of Bartlett West? What's your unique perspective on these developments over the years? Yeah. So, so first of all, I think, you know, you take, take pride in the fact that you are in a unique way giving back to the community. So like we're fortunate that, that we're able to, uh, uh, improve people's lives, improve safety, um, um, provide clean water, um, reduce diseases through treatment of wastewater, things like that. We're, we're able to do that, every day 
in 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 what we do for eight to ten hours a day. Uh, so so I think I look at the the projects that I've been involved with perhaps a little bit differently in, in that it's uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of pride, but mm-hmm. uh, as Bartlett and West focuses on giving back to our community, I think we can do that every day with our work. Uh, but we certainly try and do it outside of our our daily work also. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you see, like, do you sometimes get so attached personally because it matters so much to you that um, it becomes difficult to separate work from your personal life? Mm-hmm. How do you see that interconnection between your role at the company and your role in life as a whole? Mm-hmm. Well, as you mentioned earlier, it, it's nice when the two coincide, you know, when, when, when they line up. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's kind of what most of us are looking for, right? We're, we're, we're wanting to do something that's meaningful uh, and, and call that a career. And, and it's really, really nice when it lines up with kind of what your, your life philosophy is. Um, I think I, I go clear back to when I started thinking about becoming an engineer. It, one of the things that attracted me was that, you know, engineers like Bartlett and West are focused on improving people's lives. I mean, you boil all the engineering down, you know, all the equations and everything else, you're, you're talking about improving safety, improving health making people's lives more efficient, doing things like that, just improving that. And so, uh, you know, you, st- you start going back to that whole evolution. And, and I think in high school, that's that's kind of what appealed to me. I saw from my family, I saw that giving back philosophy. And then I, th- I saw engineering as just an extension of ways that you can give back. So, 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 you know, getting back to your, your original question, I think that the, 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 the linkage between what what I do and what what the other people at, at Bartlett and West do is 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 close to kind of what a lot of our philosophies are for life. Yeah, I'm interested in how you were raised to um, to have this giving back philosophy. I think that is uh, becoming a dying art. Yeah, <laughs> my generation is very self seeking. I believe. Um, and I know, like, Topeka in the Midwest is, is a little better at this than some other places. But how did you how did you get permission or give yourself permission to live a life where you're you're invested in giving back more than just like what you're receiving from it? Mm-hmm. When did you understand that? Yeah, I don't know that I've always done a really good job at it. I, you know, certainly you go through cycles in your life where you're more focused on yourself than than anything else, but. Uh, you know, one of my early experiences is, and I've told people here at Barland West, uh, uh, your dad's probably sick of hearing this story, but, but one of my uh, uh, early remembrances uh, is of me uh, standing in a rice field <clears throat> in, uh, in India uh, with my grandfather. Uh, my my grandfather and, and grandmother spent three years in India as I'll call it agricultural missionaries. Really? So they had they have a farm here. They had a farm here in northeast Kansas. Uh, the family farm is still there, but they spent three years, you know, coaching farmers in India about how to how to grow 
crops, how to how to improve the yield that they have. And so our family went over there and visited them. And I can remember standing in that field and um, listening to my grandfather um, talk about, you know, soil and, and fertilizer and, and the importance of quality seeds and, and, and things like that, you know, as a part of his dedication to giving back, to having a purpose. He believed that that uh, having quality seeds could make a difference, could improve the you know, worldwide yield. And so he he produced uh, seeds and sold them to farmers here in, in Kansas, but then also went went uh, across the world, um, uh, uh, you know, preaching his his philosophy. And so you grow up in in and you remember situations like that. And um, so certainly my parents were were very much uh, uh, giving in in what they they did but but it was it was a broader family thing you know like I said grandparents uncles and aunts uh, it, it's a it's a full clan philosophy I'll call it uh, mm-hmm. so so you know there's just little uh, occurrences like that that I think occur uh, you know as I grew up uh, that that really kind of just just started to give me that overall uh, philosophy wow that's amazing that's a beautiful story I know that's awesome. I didn't know you've been to India. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was 10 years old and, and um, um, you know, impressionable, uh, certainly, at, at 10 years old. And you, so you start, you start learning about, you know, how we can make a difference in, uh, uh, in, in my grandfather's case, uh, throughout the world, but, but in, in my case, just just in the community that I'm in. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, that is a, that's a more global <laughs> kind of giving of the purpose. I know that you really value the local community. How did you come into that, that philosophy that makes your, you know, your viewpoint a little bit more unique? You care a lot about the local community, yeah. giving back to that. Yeah, I think, um, I think you do what you can, uh, right? Uh, um, my grandfather had an opportunity and grandmother had an opportunity to do something that was uh, a broader um but but i think as as i kind of blend my my thinking with with Bartlett and West thinking about communities and how important it is to try and do what you can where you're at um it 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 just kind of centers me on the the local community or the local communities that we work in that our footprint is in that Bartlett West footprint is in and and certainly it's you're able to make closer relationships closer contact with people that are right right next to you so uh um yeah i think it i think it it's it's been influenced certainly by uh the philosophy that's preached here at Bartlett and West, I guess. That's awesome. And then I know you, you first came in in like, like more than three decades ago in a very technical role. You, you do know how to be an engineer. And then over the course of your time, you, you've gotten more on the business side and now you're the company president. I think I was reading um, an article, the Capital Journal or so, you, you said that you've had multiple careers in the same company. How did purpose help you make those key decisions about when it was time to kind of have a different angle of that expression of purpose? Yeah, so um, 
I think a lot of us get wrapped up in in what our career is and and whether we can live out our purpose based on our career but but I believe that regardless of what you're doing you can you can live out what your intended purpose is um, um, you know I I think at the core of my purpose and and a lot of people of faith is that you, you want to make a positive impact on other people's lives you know it's 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 love your neighbor uh, in simplest form mm-hmm. and I think you can do that regardless of of what your career is um, um, but certainly back to your question I, I've I've had the good fortune of being able to have distri- distinct careers with the same company and so as you mentioned very technical uh, to, to start with um, you know um, uh, involved with kind of nuts and bolts, I guess you could say, of, of, of projects, but then more focused on people after that and building relationships within within the company and outside the company. And now it, it's more of a, I'm, I'm more of a businessman, I guess I, I, I should say. But, but again, I think throughout the, the, the course of the different turns that, that perhaps my career has taken, I think you can you know, you, you still at the at the core believe in in the the same purpose, in the same uh, meaning for life, and uh, you, you're just able to do it in a different way, right? Uh, with different people, uh, perhaps. I'm 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 involved with different people now. Do you have something special about you that makes you so adaptable, so <laughs> able to learn any kind of aspect of this, or how do you? How do you recommend other people can um, embrace more of that, like open-mindedness towards how to express their purpose in the workplace? It seems like you're going where you're called to serve. Yeah, good question. I don't know. I don't know that everybody feels the same way. I, I mean, I think I have a certain curiosity that that leads me to want to try and master different skills. Um, I, I tell people this a lot that you know I've I've got a dental appointment coming up on on uh in two days and and when i sit in the in the chair the dental chair and and they're doing whatever it is i i sometimes think about that dentist you know basically doing the same thing from day after graduation till retirement you know you know there's different people i'm sure it's different but but you're filling cavities and 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 uh doing things like that so that that is not appealing to me, and uh, I think a lot of people could say, "Well, you're an engineer. You start out an engineer, but um, it's like I said, it's 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 changed a lot, and that's what's kept me motivated." I think. Uh, I feel like I'm very similar to you on that. Like I love <laughs> just new challenges, new ways of looking at things. It keeps life fresh and interesting. Right. Right. Um, how you mentioned your faith earlier. I wanted to ask more about that. Um, I'm a person of faith, also. I believe in Jesus and. Um, that we're here for a higher reason than just mm-hmm. to serve ourselves and die. Um, mm-hmm. How does faith and business, how are they compatible, especially in a for-profit business? Mm-hmm. It seems very easy to slip off the, mm-hmm. you know, what, the, the tracks and to be mm-hmm. more um, worldly driven or profit-seeking mm-hmm. or sometimes maybe have to make sacrifices in your, in your morality. How do you mm-hmm. keep both of them fully aligned? Yeah. Uh, it's tough, and I don't know that I've got it figured out. And um, I, I think, 
uh, I think people know more about you by the way you act on a daily basis, and I think you can you can project faith in in lots of different ways. Um, you know, Bartlett and West has always had the philosophy that part of the reason for us to to be profitable, that the the need for us to be profitable is so that we could give back at a higher level, so that we could contribute to worthwhile organizations at a higher level. And I think embedded in that philosophy is is, you know, it, it kind of takes you away from that worldly perspective to a perspective of of making a difference with other people. Uh, so so we 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 generally try and and dedicate ten percent of of our profits to charitable organizations, worthwhile organizations. There, there's a little bit of a a, a tie there with tithing. Yeah, uh, you the know, 10%, uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, but but it, I I don't think we set out to say that okay we're going to do this because of religious purposes. Uh, but it it just seemed to make sense that okay. If if we're going to live to our purpose, then we need to uh, we we need to give back at a higher level, and that there needs to be some sort of commitment relative to the profits that we make and and where those profits go. So, so I mean, uh, you know, again, back to your your question, it it's 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 not easy to to kind of blend the the two you know, the, the, the corporate environment with, with uh, you know, kind of some of my beliefs relative to, to faith and religion. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I still work on it every day. Uh, but, but I think there's a lot of things that we're doing that, that um, kind of work in that direction relative to promoting mm-hmm. a higher purpose. And I noticed, too, when you are giving back to charitable organizations around town, you're also fulfilling Bartlett and Wes's purpose, which is to create a better tomorrow for your mm-hmm. community. Um, and I also was reading online that you um, give money to Kansas State University. I know you have a strong affiliation with them. How do you think um, donating, giving back to your community, how do you think that influences um, like things beyond what you could have planned them to be? Like, Do you think that things go to a whole new level that you couldn't have imagined? Do you have any story to share about how you've, you know, been a miracle worker, so to say, for another organization? Yeah, I don't know that uh, I really have personal stories, but there there are lots of stories within Bartlett and West. One one employee who has since retired that used to work at Bartlett and West um, had a a relative that was was terminal. She she had a terminal illness and. Because of that, he was exposed to Midland Care, which is a local senior services hospice organization here in in Topeka. And he he hadn't been exposed to that organization un- until this this tragedy came about. And then, as the as the course of the the illness ran out, um, he understood more about Midland and said, this is a place that we as a company need to support. And so he started a fundraiser oh, wow. here within our organization, which now is going on, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 years and, and uh, has raised 
you know, six figures in, 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 in donations for this organization because they, they do charity care. I mean, they, they don't turn people away in their time of need. Mm-hmm. Midland doesn't. And so uh, there, there are stories. I don't know if it's a miracle or not. I think the people that are working at Midland are, are doing miracles and, and anything we can do to support them maybe supports those, those miracles. But but I think it's 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 a story about how one person can make observations on worthwhile organizations and then bring them back to a company like yeah. like our company and say, hey, we we all need to get together and we need to rally around this type of organization. And and then it just keeps growing and it's been going on now for like I said, ten fifteen years. How how do you think you've created a company culture that empowers anyone within Bartlett and West to? be able to make a suggestion like that yeah i mean it's a lot of different things it's 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 talking about it's giving people the opportunity um we we just started a new program this this relates to that tenor uh that it's it in sense uh uh, volunteerism Uh, so uh people could keep track of their volunteer efforts throughout the year and um depending on what level of volunteer efforts you've made throughout that year, you can direct part of our charitable giving to an organization of your choice. So I think giving people the freedom, we all have kind of passions with uh, different organizations Mm -hmm. that that we're interested in. Giving people freedom to uh, volunteer in the areas they want to volunteer in and then take part of our profits and direct them to an organization of their choice. I think that helps. I think just talking about it, again, I think people want to work for an organization that uh, is is about more than just making money and putting money in our back pockets. I think I think people want to work for an organization that 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 is profitable and, and provides for the employees and the the families of the employees that work at that organization, but also are are doing some really special things. And, and uh, I think we, we look at that as a differentiator for us as a company. When we, when we talk with people, we're, we're employee owned certainly. So everybody who works 500 hours becomes an, uh, an owner of our, of our company an employee owner. Uh, so everybody that you see in, in the building is, is an owner uh, uh, generally speaking. I think that's a differentiator, but but I think uh, kind of the commitment to um, um, making a difference in the community, I think that's a differentiator too. So yeah, I'm very proud that. of both those things. You're way ahead of the trend. It seems like, it seems like maybe now, like the last five years, I live in San Francisco and tech companies are doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like cool and modern and hip, but like you've been doing it for three decades. That's <laughs> really neat. Um, I wanted to learn more about your beliefs about employee ownership. I think that's a... Really cool aspect of Bartlett and West. Um, also, I want to mention that you got my dad to volunteer with Meals on Wheels, and that's just amazing that <laughs> my dad is a volunteer. I know. He's been doing a great job for a long time now. Um, um, so you said in a 2014 Topeka Capital Journal article, I have a quote from you, we believe a company will grow more, will perpetuate itself, will have more good ideas if people are empowered through ownership. There's a different attitude if you're an owner of a company. So why do you see employee ownership as key to your business success? And what was that culture like in the 80s when this became a core aspect of Bartlett mm-hmm. West culture? 
Yeah. Can you so us to the origins of that? Yeah, or? let's start at the in the eighties. Um, so uh, you know, when it was fresh, when it was new, I think a lot of people were were still kind of struggling with what does it mean to be an owner. So traditionally, within professional services organizations like ours, the the owners have the say. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's there's a handful, a half dozen owners, and they make all the decisions and they split up all the profits and and that's the way it is. And so you have that model and then you thrust this, this new model into it where everybody in the company is an owner. And so people are wondering, okay, what decisions do I get to participate in? What decisions are, are made by others? You know, how do I participate in the profits, yeah. you know, and things like that. So, uh, we, honestly, Tanner, for, for years, we struggled with how do we, how do we do this? And a lot of times we wouldn't emphasize it that much. I mean, there were years where we, we kind of downplayed the employee ownership aspect just because we didn't want everybody to think that every time we make a decision, we're going to sit around and take a vote on it. Uh, it's just not efficient. It's, you just can't do it that way. But I'd say uh, around uh, 2000, perhaps the last 15, 20 years, we've just embraced it and said, this is who we are. This makes us different. We all have our roles within the company. I don't, I don't specify the size of rebar in a bridge because we've got experts that can do that. We've got bridge engineers that can, that right. can design that. So I stay out of that. There are some things that that I'm involved with that um, it doesn't make sense for everybody else to be involved with. So so that's my role. You know, mm-hmm. we all have our roles, and we've talked more openly about that. I, I still think there's there's perhaps some confusion in those gray areas as to who should who should make a decision. But 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 the simple fact of the matter is we've embraced employee ownership and said this is what makes us different. Um, we 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 try and collaborate more. Everything we do, our purpose you mentioned earlier about leading our communities to a better tomorrow, that was developed by the the entire company. We 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 had focus groups and and developed it, had a committee, developed it. We do things that way when they're when they're that important. We get everybody involved with that strategy, you know, and 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 purpose and core values and things like that. So, so we promote the collaboration, and we we think that there's a lot more value in collaborating, and you can see in our environment too. We we try and develop environments that promote collaboration because that uh, we we think we come up with better solutions when there's. Can you give me a better picture of like how this collaboration process looks like? Yeah, like kind of the more practical aspect. How do you how do you uh, say we have an idea here? Let's collaborate over it. Yeah. No, like how do you yeah, it's 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 different depending on what the issue is. Like I said, if it's a big company wide issue like uh, purpose and core values, like um, how we develop our customer service ethic, then we will give everyone the opportunity to participate one way or another. It, it could be through online surveys. It could be through small group sessions. It could be through. Uh, you know, annual meetings that we might have, things like that. Uh, and, the, and then 
pull it all together. Ultimately, somebody's got to make some decisions. You've got kind of disparate type thoughts that, that have to be pulled together. And generally speaking, we, we will have, you know, some sort of committee, eight to 10, eight to 12 people that, that pull together those types of thoughts when they're big picture company-wide things. When it's more of a, a project type collaboration, then it just happens within that that project team, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more collaboration. We could do a better job at it than than what we're doing, but uh, uh, it's one of those things that I think makes us us unique uh, relative to every important cultural aspect of our company has been decided uh, by by the people that were in the company at that point in time. Or at least they had the opportunity. Some of them might have right. said, I don't care. I'm interested in how you, this is like the third time you said, we could do a better job. I don't quite have this figured out. <laughs> You're like the leader of the company. How yeah. do you um, How do you balance this like humility and like this like I don't knowing, I don't know, yeah. with like getting people to trust you and being a confident leader? Yeah. I, that's like a that's fine line that you walk. Great question. Great really question. Cool. I don't, I, again, I don't know that I've got that figured out either. I, I think... You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Somebody, ha- I was presented with an opportunity from from somebody that was, you know, they, they kind of had a dictor- dicta- dictator-type uh, uh, role within their organization. You know, here's, I'm going to tell everybody how things are going to be done. And I was thinking at that point in time, that's just not who I am. I, I, I don't believe in that, and I don't think... People fit into our organization very well if they want to dictate things to everybody else. So, so, so there's there there's what works well for me and what works well for the rest of the the company, which oftentimes involves making sure that we're 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 getting opinions. We can't allow it to bog us down, though. So, so there ha- it has to be done in an efficient way, and sometimes there's. You know the collaboration is six people as opposed to sixty people, but 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 the the the, the whole question about authority, I think um, I think it takes a little getting used to. I think people have come into our company and have said, "Well, I'm used to you telling me what to do in this case, or or stating what the company is going to do in this case," and and. Uh, I think sometimes people like that don't feel comfortable in our environment and don't end up sticking around. I think there 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 are times where we you know we make decisions, but but I can't think of many times where it hasn't involved collaboration in some some manner. I just think it's it's very important. I came across a really interesting thing in researching you. You give everyone a every new employee a book, yeah. right? Good to great, right? Um, it seems like this is one of probably many tools you use to kind of empower people to understand that this company's culture really values their opinion, mm-hmm. their thoughts, and that they have a decision-making power in the company. Um, yeah, how do books how do um, how do books uh, serve to allow you to sustain a culture, or or what do you do to like really like bring people in and allow them to like flourish on their own, but also like give them a sense of what this, what this is about to be a Bartlett West. Yeah. It's, uh, that really ties into, I think the topic we were just talking about it. I, I, I think good to great, for example, can give 
give new employees a snapshot as to what we're all about. So they talk about level five leaders in, in good to great, which, which really is kind of one of the things that Jim Collins found in, in those companies that moved from good to great was that they had level five leaders and level, l- level five leaders, uh, uh, really, uh, uh, have a certain humility, uh, with them. But but they're also intensely focused on on um, succeeding too. So 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 there's a little bit of a you know kind of a, a one side of the coin and other side of the coin. But but I think it helps people understand that 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 humility that we have and we promote within our company really relates to collaboration. You know, I don't have all the answers. Uh, no, nobody really has as good an answer as we could have if we collaborated uh, a little bit more but but there's also a, a powerful drive to succeed too you know you i think you can have both uh so so good to great gives gives a, a pretty good snapshot on on certain uh, philosophies like that that are important to us uh, you know confronting the the brutal facts is another uh, a, a philosophy that uh, I think is important just to understand exactly what your situation is and what needs to be done, you know, to move forward. Uh, so, so there's, there's a lot about that book that really relates to who we are and how we do things. So, uh, it, it gives a snapshot. I think another thing that, that we've started to do more of, so, so we have, uh, quarterly, uh, all company meetings, uh, that, that we, we don't do the whole company at the same time, but we go around to all the offices and talk about what's happened at recent board meetings and what's happening within our, our company. And we started to uh, uh, integrate into those presentations more discussion about uh, our, our projects, how they relate to our purpose and, and the overall philosophy. So we try and promote kind of understanding of who we are with with books like Good to Great, but also with with stories, yeah. with stories about how we've affected people's lives uh, through the work that we do and and uh, um, the the organizations that we've impacted through the charity that, that that we have. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email? Every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose, the POP newsletter, because people of purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose, a quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor as well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message. Just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. So you mentioned before that some people struggle with this, that they want to be told what to do and they want to be a follower. Um, and certainly I'm, I'm sure you allow space for that, but you also want to make sure that people do have their voice here. 
How do you um how do you assess whether someone would be a good employee in your company as you're going through the hiring process? And you've trained other people at this point, you know, to hire new people. These like softer skills, the less quantifiable skills, these character um, qualitative skills. How do you how do you see those and assess those and be like, mm, this isn't the right fit or this would be an excellent fit? Mm-hmm. We get a lot of people involved. Uh, sometimes our interview process, and we've been told this by people that have, have interviewed with us, that it, it seems to go on and on. Um, and, and sometimes it's frustrating with, with managers uh, 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 within our company because they, they need uh, additional resources or expertise, whatever the case may be, and it's taking too long. But... We think it's important to get as many people involved as possible. So you've got you've got people that have worked here for, for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. They understand kind of what a good fit is for our organization. If, if you get uh, 8 to 10 of those people together and, and get a snapshot of this individual, I think your odds are better that you can figure out whether that's a good mm-hmm. fit or not. It's, it's, it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult for us to ascertain whether that person is, is a good fit and, and vice versa too, for, for that individual to understand whether Bartlett and West is a good fit for them too. So uh, you, you do your best, but what we've kind of settled on is to try and get as many people involved in it as possible Still understanding that there's there's one person that that is the hiring manager that makes the decision. So she brings in all the input for uh, uh, that that position and says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." So we, we we can't have group decisions when it comes to things like that. But the input is very important. Once people do go from good to great and they're here, how do you keep them here? How do you um, give them? a greater sense of responsibility over this organization as their time goes on. Mm-hmm. I know you've kept my dad has stayed here forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of it depends on that individual. Uh, so um, I think, I think you have opportunities to, to stay with, with this company and to do uh, all kinds of things like meals on wheels or, or other uh, charitable acts and, get involved internally with uh, different types of activities. And um, I think a lot of that's a personal choice. We don't force that on anybody. So I think a lot of the people that have stayed here uh, for, for years have made a personal choice that they want, they want to get involved in these things. They want to, they want to build relationships within the company, which are so important and and when when they do that, I think their chances of staying are um, um, much greater. We've we've for the last ten or fifteen years had a philosophy where we have allowed and in some cases encouraged remote uh, officing people working for the company. We're, we we've had people working for Bartlett and West from coast to coast, basically, and we still do. Uh, generally speaking, but what we found is that those individuals, it takes a certain individual and not everybody's cut out for that. And uh, a lot of people want to have uh, daily relationships, you know, in-person, face-to-face relationships for their job satisfaction. And so I guess that relates to kind of what I was saying earlier, that, that 
you know, there's there's personal choices that people can make uh, to to build those relationships and to to get involved. And and uh, uh, sometimes it's harder if if you're remote. And and the chances are that's our that's our highest turnover is people that are working remotely uh, just because of my belief is just because of that that whole relationship aspect. Right, they're not having a work community. Yeah, communities. Yeah, really exactly. Huh. Well, along with that, I want to talk more on the business side, like. I'm thinking about risk here, and mm. I'm, I'm noticing that you guys have been a company for 67 years. Mm. You have had um, a powerful role in almost half of that time. How, how do you assess risk as you go along to be able to grow and to sustain your business, but also to, like, to be sheltered against economic hardships? Mm. Arlen West has done an amazing job at that. What do you think about mm. growing a company, um, taking some risks, being like a pioneer, but also making sure that you have some safety and security built in to where you can maintain the growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something we we continue to get better at. We we continue to 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 figure out how to mitigate risk. There there are some risks that 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 we can control a little bit better through insurance or through reserves. Uh, things like that. Uh, there are some risks that uh, are a little bit more out of our control. So we were impacted uh, immensely when oil prices went from $110 a barrel down to $30 a barrel. We we had a lot of people working in that industry at that time, and um, a lot of the energy companies said, you know, we're shutting down. We're, we're we're stopping everything that, that that we've been doing for the last several years, and so uh, those are the types of risks that, at that time, we 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 could have done a better job of mitigating our risks. But but there are uh, some things like the economic conditions that affected oil prices that that are really outside our hands. Uh, we've learned from it, though. Uh, we've we've learned that we've got to be more careful in whatever our commitments are to those industries that have that volatility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as I said, what what we really try and focus in on is okay. We're representing the other 350 owners of this company in the risks that we take. Now everybody has a different risk tolerance, so we can't. We can't take a poll as to whether folks think this is a good risk or not, but I think it 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 gives you a different attitude, perhaps, towards some risks when you know um, that that you're representing 350 other people as opposed to you and another partner, for example. And it's just like, okay, well, let's let's do it. You know, it, maybe there's a little bit more research, a little bit more. Uh, due diligence that goes into some of the risks we take, um, and, and then on the backside, uh, reserving uh, for uh, uh, downsides that, that that might occur relative to that risk. Mm-hmm. How do you um? How do you? Can, do, are there situations where you have to really convince people, convince certain oh, yeah. stakeholders? Um, how do you structure that that democracy within your company? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the leadership team really has to just make the decision. But that, you know, I think I think it's what's important is uh, a lot of folks will say, well, 
you asked me for my opinion and then you went off and did whatever whatever else you wanted to do well, well that that's really not not the point the point is that uh we should all have input uh uh in in certain things and the i think the onus is on each of us to make a convincing enough argument that we shouldn't do something as opposed to uh, saying well you got to do it differently because I believe that we should do it differently. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, we, we, we take input, we take input on just about everything. We, we communicate, we just got through with kind of our, our office to office company meetings and we communicated about some of the risks that are out there, some of the things that are going on, some of the investments that we've made. And, and we listen to what, to what folks say. Uh, we, we, it's not a, democracy in that uh, respect uh, we have to continue to do our due diligence and make the right decisions but uh, I think it's more uh, more participating in the the data collection the due diligence uh, that that we allow within our company yeah that's awesome so I want to talk more just like personally about you now learn more about just who you are as a person um, I think just from talking to dad and, and like kind of being around you growing up it seems like you always maintain a consistently positive attitude um that you remain open-minded that you're a good listener um what do you do to like center yourself each day um and make sure that that you are in the right state of mind state of health state of you know proper state for for managing such responsibility um do you have any certain practices or habits that um really influence your day-to-day yeah, I do. Uh, uh, exercise is important to me. Uh, we were just talking about my morning run today. Uh, that that's that's important. Uh, meditation is one of the things that I found to um, help me more and more. Uh, you meditate? I meditate. Yeah, me da- too. Daily. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it it varies in the amount of time, but but uh, I I. Found it to help. Uh, meditation is is helpful. Uh, uh, faith uh, is helpful, and and um, um, you know, kind of focusing in on on some of the faith practices. Those those are all very helpful for me. I, I mentioned to you that I've been kind of off traveling for the last week or two, and and so things get a little discombobulated, uh, you know, when you're traveling and, and I can, I can tell, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I need to get back to, to get centered, to, to, to get into my routine on, on, uh, meditation, on, on exercise, on other things. I think those help set the groundwork. Um, but I, I think as, as, uh, somebody who has, uh, uh, been involved with a leadership position, it's important that I, you know, on the spectrum of pessimism to optimism, that I'm a much closer to the, the optimism side of things. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody in the company wants to hear me talk, you know, doom and, and despair. Uh, it's so, uh, sometimes I'm accused of, of having rose colored glasses and looking at things too optimistically, but I think, I think it's important that, that that's kind of the, the, where I am on the spectrum, uh, on a daily basis. And, 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 and certainly it's not, it's not always easy. I'm, I'm human too. And sometimes when I'm walking into that, that front door, going across the parking lot, I'm, 
I'm giving myself the pep talk for for today, just depending on what's going on. But I think it's important that that's the attitude that I I take on a daily basis. So let's say you have a super important, like maybe full company-wide meeting at 9 a.m. What does your ideal morning look like to really prep yourself to be the very best you can be for that 9 a.m. meeting? Yeah, so I'm up at... uh, I'm up at 4.30. Uh, um, I'm running, uh, generally speaking, uh, two and a half to three miles. Uh, and then um, I'm, I do some other exercising for another half hour, uh, meditation, uh, do some, some reading. Uh, but then I'm in at work at 7, and my, my preparation for that 9 o'clock meeting uh, probably happened uh, a week beforehand. Uh, that's... That's just getting myself in the right frame of mind. Uh, but I try and have answers to questions that people might have. I believe that maybe one of my biggest roles in the company is to to provide the owners, the other owners of this company, information about their company. And so uh, for the week Coming up to that all-company meeting, I'll be kind of diving into details, things that I think people might ask about so that I have answers and so that I can provide that information. I, I enjoy the, the all-company meetings or the, the, the group meetings because it's, it's just an opportunity to talk more about our company and to let other owners know more about their company. Yeah, it seems like it's a, it synchronizes the unit a little bit more mm-hmm. or provides more harmony amongst the team. Yeah. Wow, that's really awesome. Four <laughs> thirty. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. What does your meditation practice look like? You're sitting down. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting down. Mine's probably not as robust as yours, but but generally speaking, uh, it it's it's in the. It's in the five to fifteen minute range a day, generally speaking around ten minutes or so, uh, and it takes different forms. Some of it there's um, um, uh, some some meditation coaches that I'm listening to during that meditation. Sometimes it's just you know just silence, just focusing on breath and and things like that. So. Uh, you learned that when then you were ten years old in the fields in India. <laughs> no, I, I wish I would have. <laughs> I, I think it. I mean, it's something that that just has really come to me more later in life. Uh, um, um, but but I, I think I can see the value. I can see the value at. Uh, you know, it's like lifting weights, right? If if you want stronger arms, you 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 do lots of repet, repetitions. Um, uh, with, with heavy weights, if if you want to be able to kind of control your thought patterns, I think meditation does that for you. Uh, you know, you're you're always kind of as, as you're meditating, you're always going off, uh, you know, and thinking about other things, and then recentering it back. And mm-hmm. I think the more times you do that, the better control you have over your thoughts. And I think it's um, just extremely important in in uh, kind of a high stress environment like like uh, what I seem to be in a lot of times. What do you do about emotions when you get really attached to certain ideas? How do you um, shed those emotions um, afterwards or beforehand or mm-hmm. how do you process intense emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I've, I've always been kind of a, a pretty, uh, pretty calm individual. I, I get that from my parents. You know, there, there's really never that many highs and lows. 
so so it comes to me naturally, I, I think, in that regard. But uh, I've learned more about compartmentalizing to, um, you know, you go from one meeting to the next and you, you, you've got to leave that first meeting behind you so that it doesn't affect the, the second one, uh, for example. So um, I need to get better at it, but it's one of those things I'm constantly working on, uh, compartmentalizing. And um, I know that you're a family man, that you really care a lot about your family, and I know that they have probably um, really impacted your personal development in mm -hmm. innumerable ways. Could you speak on that? Like, how has your family supported you and influenced your sense of purpose as you've um, gotten older, wiser, more experienced in life? Yeah, well, um, I think influenced in, in every way. Uh, it's It's... The thing that's most important to me in my life, uh, I think uh, I've I've learned a lot from from my kids and and uh, the the fact that they are interested in nonprofits and have been working for nonprofit organizations really inspires me. Um, and it's it's I suppose a little bit different, uh, but the, the the fact that they have put importance on that, have put importance on making a difference in other people's lives really continues to inspire me. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's everything. Family is everything to me. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice on being a family man? As hmm. I feel like I'm just a handful of years away from this, going on this aspect of life. And uh, once you get started, it's a forever kind of thing, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for your younger self right before you started a family? Um, what advice would you have for me or people yeah. of my age? Yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll be much better at it than I was. Uh, just just as my kids are much better at it than than I was too. Uh, you know, I, I I think looking back, one of the things I really probably did the best was always always continue to make my my kids and kids activities uh the the focus and sometimes it meant you know i was getting up at at uh uh 3 30 instead of 4 30 in the morning or or working until midnight instead of going to bed at, at 10 but but you know being there for them when they're when they're awake when they're doing their activities whatever the case may be uh, uh, was was always the most important thing and and uh I don't think I would ever change that, and I would recommend that everybody uh, would 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 do that too. As they have a family, um, you'll you'll never regret it. Certainly. Uh, um, How do you empower them to be an owner in, within the family? Oh, that's a great question. You know, uh, it, it 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 starts very early. I guess you know our kids always had had jobs had chores within the family that they had to do it was part of their responsibility to to uh do the recycling or whatever the case may be uh and so you, you create that that ownership that you know it's they're not just along for the ride they're a part of the family they're a part of what we do and um so i i think you can start that at two years old probably and continue it on until until they 
leave the house. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think uh, always showing love. You know, we talked about um, loving our neighbors earlier and, and that being an important part of making a difference in other people's lives. I think I think you can do that w- within your, your family unit, uh, even though, you know, even though I've screwed up as a father many times before, I think um, my kids always knew that uh, deep down there was always the love there. I'm sure you are a mentor of sorts for your kids. Um, I want to know, like, how how has a mentor influenced your decision-making along your path or your sense of purpose or your understanding of yourself? Do you have any mentors? Hmm. Have they been with you for a long time? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, t- my my wife's probably my my biggest mentor and and the one that's probably taught me the the most. Uh, um, but but certainly along the along the way, uh, there there have been mentors uh, w- within this company that have have uh, uh, kind of helped me form my my uh, sense of purpose and the the relationships that I build within this within this company as well as within the community, the, the philosophy, uh, the, the conscious capitalism, I guess is, is one way to, to put it that, that we, we, we make money, we're a business and it's very important that we make profits, but it's, it's why you do it. That is, is the most important. I think that's probably one of the, the biggest messages that, that, uh, that I've received from mentors over the years. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it just, it evolves, you see it and you, you live it out. Conscious capitalism. That's a cool concept. Yeah. There's, there's a group actually called uh, conscious capitalism. Um, they have conferences and, and uh, things like that, but, but it's, as you might imagine, it's, it's, it's having a purpose uh, for, for business other than just make, you know, just making money for the sake of making money, but but doing something uh, w- within the society, within the community, with with those profits. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So now I wanted to go into just like general purpose questions. Some of like your uh, musings about life, or bigger picture um, things about wisdom. Um, you can feel free to answer them as long or short as you want. Okay. Um, who are people in a similar position as you? Um, that you admire because of the way they live a purposeful life. Hmm. You have any heroes? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I think you start with your parents uh, in in just about everything you do. I think the 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 sense of purpose that they they gave me growing up is has set me on the course that I'm on now. Um, and certainly, my wife is is probably uh, one of those that that uh, would would have the greatest influence on me now. Cool. And uh, what's something that you're proud of that most people don't know about? Wow. Hmm. I know it's hard to answer a question on pride when uh, one of your outstanding traits is humility. What is something that you secretly think is wonderful? Um, in your world that most people don't really know about. Yeah, I, w- I was just, just a couple things. I guess I was just talking with, with your dad about uh, just recently that uh, both our kids have moved back here locally and so that we are now kind of more 
locally a, a family unit once again and and uh, uh, I don't know if pride's the, the the best word for it but I would say overjoyed blessed uh, those types of things to have um, our kids and now granddaughter uh, close by so that we could be a bigger part of their 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 lives uh, that's probably the the biggest thing that's on my mind right now that's awesome yeah um, what's a question that you wish people asked you asked you more often, and what would be your answer to that question? Gosh, Tanner, good question. Uh, yeah, I, I, I when I think about the company, I I think I I wish that folks would would ask more about um, you know what are we doing to live out our purpose. I think when we get into our day-to-day routines, we're worried about meeting deadlines and making clients happy and what the financials look like. And and we're not as focused on, you know, what good are we doing in in the community as as we should be. The reason that you're doing all those aspects. Yeah, and the reason. And and my answer would be, I, I guess, to... My answer would be not enough. Uh, we could always do more. I would, I would suppose. Mm-hmm. And what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah. I think, I, I think, staying focused on making a positive difference in other people's lives mm-hmm. is 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 so important. I I think that. You know. Oftentimes we spend our time here on earth, uh, you know, focused on, uh, you know, making money or, or buying the next car or a house or whatever it is. And when really the true satisfaction is is in um, affecting others in a positive way. Yeah, that's awesome. And... Um... Can you list list a couple of times when your purpose has influenced a life decision? Hmm. Is there a risk that you had to take at some point to more fully jump into your purpose that maybe um, others would have perceived as uh, something's off in him or something? Yeah, it, I I don't know that this is uh, super profound or a one-time event but but I think here recently over the last year or two I've really kind of I've really jumped into more of trying to change our community here locally in Topeka Shawnee County and and help develop a strategy uh, with with a lot of other people Uh, just kind of been one of the the cogs in the works in developing a strategy that really focuses on making our community better it's it's we started out trying to figure out how how do we uh, improve economic development and traditionally that's been you offer incentives to bring companies into your your community and and we've really gotten to a point where it's like really we need to make our community uh, more attractive we need to make it safer we need to we need to lift people up within the or within the community who who need a helping hand uh, we need to uh, provide better education all those types of things and so 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 
so kind of bringing this all all back it's it's diving into that and spending a lot of time and energy on that i think some people might question how does that how does that relate to your career to bartland west but i think it relates to kind of life purpose and looking for ways that we can improve this this community and and in some cases doing it one person at a time yeah i'm just curious i'm from topeka too um where do you think Topeka is at right now? Is it in a is it in a good place, or where does it come from? To where is it now? Like, what do you think about Topeka right now? Yeah, culturally? it's getting better. You could probably talk about this as well as I could. Um, it it hasn't necessarily been in the best place over the last uh, you know even even twenty or thirty years that that I've been here, but it's moving in the right direction. I think uh, we. We we've had studies done and we've we've found out that you know we we need to get better at education. We need to get better at at keeping people in our community. And to do that, we need to make it more attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, we we need to do better at uh, creating quality uh, of place, which is a lot of different things. How do you do that in engineering? Yeah, it it. So, so quality of place can can be as simple as making sure that you integrate uh, a green space with new development. Uh, it it could be as simple as making sure we have bike lanes on on uh, traditional roadways. But it also could mean uh, that you get behind and 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 start raising funds for a downtown plaza that creates a a, a place where the community can come together. It also means that you get behind and, and support educational uh, opportunities that bring the community together so we have a better uh, a, a pipeline uh, of, of education within our community. It's, it's, it's a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. So and, and Some of it's engineering. Some of it's making sure we have a successful business such that we could support uh, other things. Do you have any idea of how much longer you um, you think you want to be behind the helm of, you know, leading this this positive change for Topeka? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as um, uh, the the community work, you know, I think it's uh, we we often talk about uh, relays. You know, running relays. You're 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 handing the baton at some point in time, and and. Uh, I think within a couple of years, handing the baton on the the community side of things makes sense. There's there's a lot of people that have great ideas, better ideas than I have, that uh, need to contribute. So, yeah, I think that's it's it's probably not that much longer. Cool. And um, how do you think your purpose has evolved or changed throughout your lifetime? How has it adapted to like innovations in technology or innovations in business paradigms? How has your purpose evolved throughout your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I I think that uh, at the very start, you know, younger, you, you think about having a positive impact on other people, and you think about uh, you know you know serving meals at the Thanksgiving dinner or, or things like that. It's um, but I think as as a kind of evolve going through a career, understanding how engineering can impact uh, people's lives, make them safer, uh, make them more healthy, and now 
ultimately looking at the communities in ways that um, not just because I know how to design a drainage system or, or a transportation system, but because, because I've got an, an engineering, technical, analytical type mind, sometimes I can contribute to the overall strategy for, for a community just, just because of my background in education. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's kind of evolved into different ways, uh, now and, and understanding how I can contribute in, in different ways to the community. Yeah. So I know that retirement is probably on the horizon. I know for my dad, it's nearing. Um, how do you see your purpose changing in retirement and how do you like conversely see retirement influencing your sense of purpose? I don't know yet. Uh, it's. It's one of those things that I hope to figure out here in the in the coming years, uh, but I don't know yet, and and I'm I'm open to kind of figuring out. Are you how nervous or scared? That a little um, bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's but but I also have uh, faith and confidence that um, something will will come up that that really kind of allows me to continue to fulfill my purpose. Mm-hmm. What do you think is your purpose? How would you summarize your purpose? Yeah, it's, I'd, I'd say making a positive uh, impact on other people's lives. Cool. Yeah. What are your um, hopes for Bartlett and West? I hope a lot of different things. I hope that we can continue to make um, commitment to worthwhile organizations a priority. Um, I think I hope that we can continue to be uh, successful so that we can allow that to happen, but also successful so that we can reward the 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 owners of our company and, and their families. Um, you know, I've kind of evolved a little bit. I don't know that bigger is necessarily better. I think there there's probably a certain size that that we need to be. Maybe we could grow some, but I think only to allow us to, to do more, uh, you know, to, to have a bigger footprint so that we can impact more people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, and there's a lot involved in, in kind of those, those two categories, but I, I hope people continue within our company, continue to see the, the importance of, 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 of improving their, 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 their world in, around them. So my final question, um, I really enjoyed this interview so far. So thank you for sharing all these thoughts. It's a very um, intimate experience for me to understand um, what goes on in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. So thank you for this privilege. To my get pleasure. To um, my final thought is um, after you move on, you pass away, um, all your accomplishments um, kind of just go in the history books. What is that final thing that you want to leave behind that people be like, Keith Warda, left left this to the world what is this what is that final thought that you um that you want to be part of your your personal legacy here on earth yeah great question uh i don't know i spend a whole lot of time thinking about this but i think the thing that comes first and foremost to mind is that as a good father and a good husband I, i i think that's perhaps the the most important thing and and then beyond that 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 
people that that I was around, whether it's at Barlow and West or within the community, just um, gained perhaps a little bit higher purpose in 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 helping others. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tanner. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join in longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 